I say do creative testing in Q4, I do not mean the week before Black Friday when you are hopefully locked into a deal and should be locked into your job ads. End of Q3, early Q4, we're starting to spend more, we're starting to make more. CPMs aren't as high during this period as they will be. So you basically, at this point in time, can find winners much faster. It can be painful in like January, February doing this work. This like 30 day period of finding winners really quickly, you can identify them, scale them out way quicker than any other time of year. So it's just basically about like maximizing this period of time and understanding that you can just find net new winners in this next 30 days where most of the time that's like impossible to do. Creative minds, math-obsessed media buyers. To ship more winning ads, you need both worlds working together. Introducing Thumbstop, the weekly newsletter by Motion that covers the art and the science of creating winning meta, TikTok, and YouTube ads. Every Sunday, you'll learn about the science. Think about CAC and contribution margin spreadsheet tutorials, advanced ad analysis techniques, and interviews with elite media buyers. You'll build your analytical skills every week. The art. Creative cheat codes, winning TikTok ad formats, interviews with creative directors. You'll get practical ideas to ship winning ads faster and new ways to fix the brand performance divide. Subscribe at motionapp.com forward slash thumbstop. Welcome back, everyone. All killer, no filler. I'm joined again by Avery. We are without Eric yet again. We're going to rip this one solo. Our last one was pretty well received, so... Avery insisted we come back with a part two uh, and you got some great content that we want to talk about. And this one's connected to our our episode. If you missed it, we talked about offer testing ahead of Q4. And this one we're actually going to back up a little bit and talk about creative testing, which is a topic that we talk about at TTC all the time. So I think we actually want to lay a little bit of foundation and define what creative testing is specifically within Meta. And then give some tactical tips on how brands and advertisers should be thinking about creative testing this time of year heading into Q4. So welcome back, Avery. Thanks. Always excited to be on this (laughs) Zoom call in my apartment. It's always a pleasure to be on a different type of video call. (laughs) How are things going this week? What's What's the vibe? Busy, but I love it. Um, I love this time of year. I feel like a little who down in Whoville when like Q4 starts hitting. Like I love the busyness and I love obviously like just seeing Shopify numbers like starting to go up across all my accounts. So there's definitely this like feeling with most of my clients of like things are heating up, um, but I'm having a good time. Just embracing the chaos. Yeah, yeah. I just said to a client the other day, I was like, we're going to get as organized as possible. And then when it all falls apart, it'll feel less stressful because we, you know, did as much as we could before. So we'll have like some foundation when it falls apart and goes nuts. Speaking of foundation, let's ship into creative testing. Your first note here is what even is creative testing? And I think this is a really good question to start the conversation with. So Help define what is creative testing and how we view it at Pilot House. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how we sort of view it at Pilot House and how I view creative testing is it's the act of really intentionally testing variables within your ads as well as testing totally different styles of ads. Um, So there's basically two types of creative testing, which is iterative and contrasting. Um, So throughout the year, we see this split of about 70% is iterative testing and 30% tends to be contrast testing. 
And iterative testing is like the micro version of creative testing and contrast testing is sort of the macro version. So iterative testing is zooming in really closely and these like really fine details. So what is the in-creative copy, switching out those in-creative headlines, testing them against each other, testing like assets that you're using, button CPAs. I often test if I have a winning piece of creative, that piece of creative with or without a button. And then from there, once we identify, you know, is it the one with the button that works better, then I'll test five different CPAs in that button. So iterative testing is like getting in with a fine tooth little like microscopic comb um, and going over those details and making sure that an ad is as dialed as it possibly can be. I feel like working in like marketing, it's like an ad is never its best, in my opinion. There's always like more iterative testing that you could do. So it's that like so like cherry on top, like you're just testing as many things as possible because you, you can and you should be trying to beat those top ads at all times. And then contrast testing, like I said, is like the macro version. So test it like really big swings here, testing totally different layouts, testing new assets, kind of like the wild fun part of creative testing. Is there examples? Uh, I mean, I know you're you're in accounts all the time. I'm curious if you can actually highlight two, like an example of each that you've been working on recently, just to really like drive home what each of these things is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have an account where like we got really stable and efficient throughout the summertime, and then we kind of like on my side and the client side are really excited to get to do some contrast testing at this time of year. But one really interesting thing that we're seeing on that account is like products over a white background. I think I mentioned this, but like collection style ads that are just product renders over a white background. It looks so simple, but I think if you have like a product that just looks cool on its own, it's really cool swing. Um, We see a lot of like on that account, generally kind of some like CGC stuff work really well. So it's obviously a big step away to start doing like product renders on a white background that looks like almost like a like a website like it's just literally here's the product on a white background so that was a successful contrast test good version of iterative testing i've been doing on an account is um, we had sort of a cgc formula that was working really well for our top performing um like bundle on that account so now iterating on that in that i'm starting to build it with different products so basically we have like a storyboard that just works for that account. So now we're giving creators different products and just getting them to exactly basically rip the video, but obviously switching out like the name, but the use cases are all the same there. So I, I'm assuming when you're referring to iterative testing, it's assumed that you've got a winning creative that you need to find like some fractional gains on and continue to iterate. Um, my The one question I've got is when you're approaching iterative testing within your accounts, Walk me through like your own like mental framework of how you're identifying what variable to actually iterate on and, and then how creatively you go about figuring out what your next step is. Yeah, I usually start with copy. When I find a winner, the first thing I do is test in creative headlines. Um, so I'll basically say what has already been said in like five different ways. Um, this is a great place to use like ChatGBT to give it that winning like in creative headline and just say like give me five different versions of this i am an analog girly at heart so i will rip open a thesaurus um and find like the central word of an angle 
look it up in a thesaurus and literally find like new winners that way but it works really well and it's a really good brainstorming exercise but I always start with copy because you can rip it out like insanely fast um and for and for, you're talking about copy within the ad creative or yeah. okay yeah in creative copy um it's like the easiest change to make and sometimes makes the biggest difference to be honest um so I yeah will take the winning piece of copy if it's like America's favorite microphone and I will find like five new ways to say America's favorite microphone and then test those against each other. I think I've used this analogy before, but I almost view Facebook ads as like a storefront in a way. If you're walking through like a mall or downtown and you're in, and like all of these stores are competing for your attention, like the actual signage is like the, the ad copy that you're looking at and everything within that front display is like what you've got within your ad creative. You got to get people attention. You got to show off your product and how you actually do that is completely up to you. But it's a small tweaks that are actually going to get people's attention to click on the ad and come into your store. So that iterative, like the fractional gains that you get through things like headline testing is, is obviously huge. So why, let's go back to the why, why engage in creative testing? Why does all of this matter? Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't know, clients come to us in all different shapes and sizes, but sometimes people have ads that work um, and it's just kind of like, that's perfect. And they think that there's kind of nothing wrong with having like a couple of ads in the account that are driving a ton, but um, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot and not future-proofing an ad account if you just find a win and you go great we're good we're done sort of like sniffing down that trail um it's yeah like I said you're not really future-proofing your your account or your business um and I think like sometimes I'm kind of a a type a militant person but it's like ads stop working all the time like anyone who's worked with meta or really any platform any social platform that delivers ads sometimes shit breaks on their end like we can't do anything about it sometimes weird things happen sometimes like a product will just like fall out of favor with the general public like you don't really know what's going to happen so creative testing for me kind of puts my mind at ease because I'm finding more ads that work and in doing that oftentimes depending on the client I can also find more products that work in ads um, through especially like iterative testing like I was saying with that example, like rebuilding a piece of content for different products as an iteration is like a great way, again, to kind of just like sure up a business and an ad account. We were actually struggling with this firsthand at DTC. We've had a text wall UGC piece of creative that has been converting so well for well over a year. I, I'm not sure how many experiences I've had within Facebook where I've seen a single piece of creative perform as well as it has for the duration that this ad creative has. But yeah, living this struggle firsthand, creative testing is super important because we're constantly trying to beat this thing. And I've also been on the flip side where Facebook just breaks. Like we've had accounts get disabled for irrelevant reasons and as soon as they're reactivated content doesn't work there's so many things that can go wrong so creative testing and also building like a framework to creative test is so important yeah i've seen it with like a a couple of clients where like one that really scares me is like you have one ad that's hogging a bunch of spend and it uses a creator at some point that creator might just say like take that down i don't want you to use it anymore and then you have to just take it down and you don't have anything else that is a nightmare it's a great example. We, we, I've experienced the exact same thing, finding ways to like hedge your bet and find multiple creators, especially if UGC is what performs best. We struggled with that in some of the accounts that I've worked on as well. It's struggle is definitely real. Let's switch gears a little bit into Q4. So 
why is this, you know, like this rev up period to Q4 so important for creative testing? Yeah, for sure. We were just talking before we started recording about this like next 30 days, especially in the context of like Q4. When I say like do creative testing in Q4, I do not mean the week before Black Friday when you are um, <laughs> hopefully like locked into a deal um, and should be locked into your job ads. But I mean, sort of end of Q3, early Q4, you already like I have seen since Labor Day, most of my accounts are we're starting to spend more, we're starting to make more people are staying in more like intent is going up just sort of naturally at this time of year. So things are starting to slowly or in some situations quickly scale towards Q4 spend levels. But CPMs aren't as high during this period as they will be in, like we said, like 30 days. So you basically at this point in time can find winners much faster than anyone who's done a lot of creative testing um, on accounts knows. Like it can be painful in like January, February doing this work. But it is like the reason I do this, this like 30 day period of finding winners really quickly and you can identify them, scale them out way quicker than any other time of year. Um, so it's just basically about like maximizing this period of time um, and understanding that like, yeah, you can just find net new winners in this next 30 days where most of the time that's like impossible to do. But you can see an ad take off really quickly around this time of year um, and then obviously start doing your iterative or contrast testing based on that. We're already seeing, I mean, a, a noticeable increase in CPMs, even just with DTC. Uh, and I know, historically speaking, kind of like the beginning of November, let's say, give or take a week, it, it just gets so competitive on Facebook that your your like window of opportunity to throw completely new tests into the mix just like becomes so inefficient. Are, are, are you like with the accounts and the brands that you're working with? Are you seeing any movement in CPMs like already? And if not, when do you typically forecast to see those spikes in CPMs? Yeah, I'm not really seeing it yet but i would say similar to your timeline like early november also sometimes like late october so kind of the last week of october and the first week of november is when i feel like it starts to become like you said inefficient to do this kind of testing yeah just a bit bit nerve-wracking and a bit scary if you are doing it yeah 100 <laughs> percent. okay let's get into uh some some tactical tips here so you, you always come prepared, always. You've got some of your absolute favorite end of Q3, early Q4 tests that you run. So take us through some of your favorite iterative tests that you run during this time of year. Yeah, for sure. First one I kind of already talked about, but like a deep, deep, deep angle test. I love an angle test all the time, like big angle tests, like testing really like kind of step back macro things about a product but somehow what I love more is like getting into the nitty-gritty it's like I was talking like <laughs> ripping out a thesaurus <laughs> or doing something like that is genuinely so helpful but basically like a deep angle test is taking what did I use an example like a mug I feel like I use mugs as examples a lot on podcast. heavy coffee drinker yeah drinker. <laughs> because I have like a bunch of mugs and I know what works but it's like um yeah, basically, if you kind of know like your top angle, you sell travel mugs, your top angle is like, this mug keeps my coffee warm. What I'll do is really dive into that angle and say like, okay, well, how long does it keep my coffee warm for? How can I say that in different ways? Um, like, how is it actually keeping my coffee warm? Are there really cool like tech things that I can call out in ads? Um, and then I also, whenever I'm doing these like deep angle tests, I tend to take it to a really like, 
personal experience type of place. So it's like, how does a warm cup of coffee at like 2 p.m. in your workday at the office feel? Obviously really nice, really comforting. How does opening your thermos to find a cold cup of coffee feel? Pretty bad, unless it's an iced coffee, you know what I mean? So dialing into those like more emotional aspects of an angle, I find almost always does boost performance a little bit. And when you're starting to do just like a general step back angle test, that's the kind of stuff that gets lost. Like if you're looking at a mug, you'll be like, okay, well, it's leak proof, keep stuff warm, looks cool. And then you find keep stuff warm is the top performer. Obviously, when you do those like step back ones, you're not thinking about just like, how does it feel? What are the vibes of this USP? But by doing this like deep dive, you can kind of dig into the vibes, dig into the emotional aspect, which is usually what moves the needle. Like people don't often care about anything but how a product's going to benefit them, if that makes sense. So it's like digging into the actual benefits instead of the USPs in this kind of test, really helpful. And then going back to what you were saying. And then going back to what you were saying earlier for the for like the deep angle test in that mug example, is it as simple enough to use maybe similar imagery, but literally swap out a headline? So like feel good during your afternoon tea versus feel good like before your bed tea. I don't know, whatever the angles are that you're using. But it is simple enough to basically just swap out the headlines in those in those creative examples. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Swapping out the headlines. Um to dig into like I'm a big big like language nerd and it does make a difference in advertising so it's like digging into those more like emotive words in your headlines can really help um also as an interview test like especially if we're talking about like problem agitation and like well how does it feel if your coffee's cold that's when I find in general that changing out the imagery works really well I find typically it's like um what we'll be working is like a nice picture of a mug and adding coffee to a nice picture of a mug about how nice it feels when it's warm, easy jump, but adding coffee that's like, doesn't it suck when it's cold? Doesn't really work. So adding like swapping out the imagery to support the sort of like problem agitation stuff works really well. Um, and yeah, just in my experience, just quicker win. And let's not neglect video when it comes to how you would iteratively test video. Are you in this, in like that circumstance, are you going to focus on just like a, a hook swap to address basically the same thing that you're saying, but have, you know, so like you're either yourself or a creator or, or whoever it may be in front of camera saying that and then the rest of the content stays the same? Yeah. Yeah. Typically, like, especially with very generic CGC, that's like usually the winner. That's the easiest way to do it. Like swapping a hook either like a voiceover or again, like showing, like instead just having like someone nicely holding a mug or like looking upset, like opening up a mug um, in that first three seconds can make like a huge difference. And yeah, I think video testing too is like a whole other <laughs> like realm, but yeah, there's a lot you can do in terms of like moving up or just changing the order of video content with iterative testing. So maybe you're kind of burying the lead, like your asset is a bit general and it's just sort of like, especially with video content, you have the power to hit on all angles. So you might say like, this mug has a secure lid, keeps stuff warm, plus it looks nice. You've potentially buried what you're seeing working copy or statics, which is the keeping things warm. So even just bumping that point up to the first like 10 seconds of the video can make a huge difference too. I think that's a good point. It's like the reverse story arc, the modern story arc, start high, hit, hit people hard in the first three seconds and then drop, explain, build up the problem again. That's a good, it's a good point. So 
Deep angle test is the first one. What's your second iterative test that you love doing these, this time of year? Love this. So just adding urgency. This is like a, so, <laughs> such a scrappy, classic Facebook marketer vibe, but I do love to just start adding badges and banners to shit that calls out like it's going to sell out or it's about to sell out. There's a bunch of different ways. Again, I love like language. I added some that I really like. Um, I'll add like sellout risk high to things that are like top performers might sell out selling fast. Um, a really strong one is if it's true, like this sells out before Black Friday every year, that type of thing um, is my favorite type of urgency to add around this time of year. Because um, we're not quite there yet, but people will start thinking like, well, I'll just wait until Black Friday. But if you have something that genuinely like people want and does sell out or might sell out before Black Friday, like that is a huge call out and a huge way to add urgency. Um and stop people from just kind of puttering around and maybe getting it when it's on sale. Another one very TikTok-y is like POV, you bought blank before it sold out again. Um, and then another way that's a bit more subtle, but just like if something does go out of stock quite a bit, like pointing out that it's finally back in stock or, you know, it's sold out three times this year, stuff like that. I just start adding that to top performing ads. Um, yeah, usually it performs pretty well. Yeah, I feel like, 2023 has been like the year of the stickers. <laughs> tell me, tell me if your experience is different, but I've seen so many interesting creative examples get floated around on our Slack channels of like just taking a simple static image and overlaying like what are basically are just stickers that are popping up in like a GIF or a lightweight video file of whether it be USPs or free shipping or like minimum order to get free shipping. There's so many different examples that I've seen, but like and I think you're you're, you're nodding. Like I, I'm assuming you know what I'm talking about in sort of creative style. Is that stuff that you've seen work like throughout the course of 2023? Yeah, I've seen that work really well. Um, another thing that I've been seeing work really well lately is like it's so scrappy. But I find sometimes like what you were talking about there, Cam, is like a bit more branded, like stickers that like are kind of look nice and were designed by designer. But something I do is like I stick stuff on. UGC and what I've found through testing is like sticking badges like that on UGC or a scrappier video does not work. So what I've been doing is like a fake iMessage conversation. It's like this thing is on sale. Oh my God, no way. It's 25% off like between two fake people and slapping that screenshot on a piece of like static UGC works really well. I <laughs> um, don't really know what I was up to when I came up with so that. So the whole thing is a static, the whole thing yeah. is a static so it's image. Like, so it's image overlaid on top of an yes. image. And that's the whole creative. That's the whole creative. Or even, I will do this too, if it's a very, like, if it's a fun client and I make it really scrappy, like, taking a screenshot of the, like, website hero that says it's on sale, also just putting yeah. it on, like, even a scrappy, like, video. Um, so think about those, like, Reddit stories of, like, Subway Surfer or something. If you just have, like, B-roll of a product being used or something, sticking, like, an overlay like that on a video, really helpful. Because I was finding this year that like love those badges in like more polished sense but I couldn't make adding that same badge to a scrappy piece of content work and then when I started to like the things that I was adding got really scrappy that's when I really unlocked like a ton of performance I do it with reviews too screenshot a review slapping on something I, I love sexy ads as much as the next marketer but ugly ads work and I also have to say I feel like TikTok stickers are disgusting in terms of how they look, but they're training TikTok users to just like appreciate like just shitty stickers for lack of better words. So bringing that into your like meta advertising strategy is super real. 
like just put an ugly yeah. thing on top of another ugly thing and you make like a great ugly ad yeah yeah it'll be your job performing ad in the account. <laughs> <laughs> literally like it's the type of ads that you're like what was i thinking when i put that together and you're so unsure when you're launching it always cranks that you're just like this looks so bad there's no way it'll work it always does totally off topic we worked with a company a few years back and admittedly mistakenly posted a a photo what used to work really well was just people holding notes like you know i saved x money doing this thing and we mistakenly posted creative upside down and the client was pissed they they were like how did you guys post this and by the time that they had noticed it had been run for 24 hours and the spend levels were so high that we had put you know however many thousand dollars behind the single creative and it absolutely cranked like it was our top performing ad over the 24-hour period hands down um and it's that randomness so like ugly ads work i will say so we had um we're testing some stuff with a client instagram shop stuff and essentially what happened was they ended up keeping sale ads up after the sale period and it was like a labor day type of situation where like it was tied to a date and obviously the sale wasn't on anymore so those ads were running for some reason facebook could not stop them from running we could start like they weren't actually in our account they were just running that we weren't paying for them but they cranked so people would come in through a sale ad get to the website nothing was on sale but obviously people like in october seeing a sale ad for labor day or something would be like that's weird um and then click through and still buy full price products so it was one of those things where it was like everyone was so mad at facebook but at the same time it was making a ton of money and we weren't paying for it so it was like yeah sometimes what people like is it's staggering on facebook it's good sometimes to even if it is unintentional at times on facebook it's almost like a good mindset like a shift in mindset of when you when you find you find winning content through some of these unintentional or intentional contrast tests or iterative tests, it kind of reminds you like, oh, I need to kind of take a step back and, and rethink what I think is working because there's actually some huge success that can be found through just changing up our creative strategy. That was my experience anyways. So what about contrast testing? How many examples do we got here? Oh, you got some good examples here. So let's get into some of your favorite contrast tests that you run this time of year. Oh yeah, I put a, put a note in here too because I feel like sometimes contrast testing like I love it I get silly I get weird I get goofy I have like a couple clients like we have a ton of fun with like stockpiled weird ideas that we just like you know when we're running things very efficiently it's like well we'll do this really crazy thing when it like comes <laughs> to September kind of vibes um but one of my favorite things in the world to remember when I'm doing this is um this like really old sort of like piece of political folklore which is it's the economy stupid which was a line used during one of bill clinton's successful runs for office which is something he didn't really say but they said internally all the time so it was like the entire focus of that campaign was on this thing that no one was actually saying but everyone just understood it's the economy stupid so everything they did was brought back to that point and obviously it worked he became president so i apply that same logic to my creative if it's for a mug or something it's like it's just a really good mug and i find it sometimes especially if i'm talking to clients who are a bit greener some newer people um to marketing you can get really caught up in contrast testing and like trying to make all these like big leaps and bounds and these ads that are like so cool and groundbreaking but if it doesn't come back to that like central just like it's a good mug and it keeps your coffee warm it's probably not going to work. 
So I feel like it's like a, a good way to rein myself in when I really want to try all this weird, wacky stuff to be like, am I actually still getting that point across? Because sometimes I'm not. Like sometimes I'll make an ad and it's so like funny and weird and entertaining and I'll look at it like a video ad or something and be like, oh, I don't know um, what this product is or why I want it. And I feel like that is something that sometimes we can, yeah, you can get lost in because you spend so much time with the products yourself as you forget how many new customers are going to be acquired in this time of year and like what little frame of reference they have for your product so it's like have fun go wild but also like I try to define what that like it's the economy stupid sentences for all of my accounts and products and I just tie it back to that it's a very long-winded way of saying like keep your actual like USPs on display while you're doing this kind of stuff and like trying crazy weird things Hearing this, it's almost like I imagine a spectrum from hot and cold and hot, like hot and cold being like the, the messaging or how extreme, how crazy you're going with your, your angle and your actual contrast and your messaging. I almost feel like a reverse contrast test where instead of going crazier, you're actually going simpler in your messaging. In that mug example, instead of going like, how amazing would it be to use this mug during your afternoon coffee? You're instead saying, this is just a damn good mug and you're simplifying your messaging. It's almost like a reverse contrast. Yeah, because it feels like you probably like if you're like me throughout the year you you try so much so it feels like you have to like dig deep and try things that are like more nuanced but in reality like the best contrast tests are usually like you said like almost opposite contrast tests where it's like how can I actually make this like simpler like yeah. what is this and why would someone want it and did I answer that question <laughs> like appropriately in the ad um yeah sometimes like can definitely get lost um but yeah some of my favorite kind of quick like contrast tests that you if you haven't tried them are good to try um first one would be warehouse content i love this like if you have access to the warehouse where your your products are stored um this one is really good and like retargeting sort of bottom of funnel this time of year because i find most people at this point in those kind of like you know they're already exposed they're already product aware they just want to know like do you have it and will it ship on time i feel like post COVID, like when we were in that era of things taking a long time to ship, for some reason seemed to really affect all people <laughs> for the rest of time. Like people are genuinely like still thinking about shipping times quite a bit, which is really weird to me because it's not really an issue anymore. Um, but showing just like a picture of the warehouse that like, yes, it is in stock and yes, it will ship in time for the holidays is pretty powerful stuff and really easy. So if this isn't something you've ever tried, I would definitely recommend it. I see this like type of content crank across like multiple verticals around this time of year, just literally showing like we have it and you'll get it in a week. It kills. Or take it the opposite way and show the lim limitations of your inventory, like get it while you still can. You can like combine this with that iteration test. I've seen that as well. Yeah, I just uh a small box and a big warehouse <laughs> 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 we're getting down to the last last row. i have seen something similar when we're talking about like urgency and warehouse like um showing someone packing something looking panicked i've seen work like kind of like a funny like this is the last one like a bit cheesy and corny um or like we're down to the last 100 or something like that it's kind of fun all right you got two more for us what are the, what are the last two here yeah, next one is um, like CGC or UGC. So CGC, if you're not familiar with the difference, is creator-generated content. UGC is user-generated content. So CGC is stuff that you're getting a creator to make. UGC is stuff that um, just regular product users are making for you. But yeah, this basically 
drives quite a few of my accounts, especially this time of year. So I feel like it's like one note that I like to give people is kind of going beyond these really typical product review pieces of CGC and UGC because they they do work in most of my accounts. Um, but the type of CGC that I see work better is like a bit different and like off the general beaten path and a bit more product specific too. Like I do find that just being like, like having a random person be like, I got this pen in the mail, like doing a review on the pen. Like I said, it does work, but it's not specific to people who want to buy pens on the internet, if that makes sense. So thinking a lot about your actual audience when you're getting CGC and UGC content can basically like make or break its performance. If you're just trying to make your product fit into like the general trends that you're seeing with CGC, probably gonna go crazy. This is something we talk about a lot internally is that this type of content, when it works, it works really well, but it can be a slog to like find stuff that works. so yeah, just being really focused on like, who are you actually serving these ads to? What do they care about? What do they want to see in the first three seconds? It's probably not someone holding a product, like making this face. Like, that's almost ever what it is. So really diving into your actual like customer persona. Yeah, I saw an interesting tip last week of um, a way to mix up your CGC or UGC. Be in your car for the, for the hook. Or just generally speaking, start your UGC without what I feel like now is the equivalent of like a millennial pause where you're actually just filling the frame in a selfie version, like be in a weird setting, just like such a small hack. You can literally say the exact same thing, but like be behind your steering wheel. It's just like that, the difference in composition that will throw people off with your ads. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have literally talked about this maybe with Eric, like moving when you start an ad instead of just sitting. And like you said, like, selfie style talking head being in action when the ad starts is also like a really easy way to do it yeah. like drinking the coffee out of the mug instead of just sitting there yeah. holding it make a huge difference all right and our, our last one what do we got love these collection style ads this has been i feel like my my whole motif ads that show multiple products and SKUs have been my absolute team I absolutely slaying this year like something that I used to not really like to do because it's like well I don't know it just didn't feel like I had as much control as I would like to have but now it's like these have such a special and like important place in most of my ad accounts especially top of funnel because I realized it's like the storefront analogy where it's like I'm just showing people more than one thing so even back to the it always comes back to the mug but it's like if I'm showing multiple different versions of the mug and also multiple different colors the chances that someone's gonna like be scrolling and see that and see one that they like are obviously a lot higher when I'm showing a really large breadth of like variations in different colorways and stuff like that so it was a good lesson that i learned this year um just in like diversifying product selection pre-click because i used to be like that's what you do post-click like you get them in with something like that you know works and then post-click you show them other stuff but now it's like the wild west where i just go like here's a heap of stuff it's also on the page have fun enjoy especially with really subjective products um seeing it perform like really well so you can do that with photography like just start getting some assets Um, shot and made that are like larger collection style pictures or like I said at the top here like just a white background with the product renders doesn't have to be a white background but just things like that where you're like incorporating I do a lot of grids I started with a lot of four panel grids and they were cranking on a lot of my accounts and then 
I've recently upgraded to nine panel grids and the performance is holding steady. One of our like coworkers is recently saying like how many panels am I going to get to before it gets to be like too much. It's like how many cameras <laughs> can you get on the back of your phone? Yeah. <laughs> like how many images can I put in a single like one by one placement on Instagram before people are like outraged by it. Okay. I got a question. Do you find, do you see any trends with, uh, okay, let's just think of like an apparel, apparel line where you mix different colorways of the same product within the grid versus just a variety of different products in a variety of different colorways. Like, is there any trends between what works best? Yeah, I have found it varied a lot between accounts. I would say like with an apparel brand, usually it's like different colors because typically what I see with apparel brands is like, there's a couple of products that like really slap and people really like. Um, so taking those top performers and doing that type of ad, definitely for apparel works. If we're looking at something like jewelry, like jewelry, I would say just diversifying the types of products that are shown. So like you're showing bracelets, necklaces, earrings, like all of it. Yeah. So I feel like it's just kind of depends on the product, but definitely most things, I think like just different colors of the top performer tends to work pretty well. Makes sense. Lots of really good examples. This is such an exciting time of year to, to incorporate a lot of these new creatives if you haven't already or if you have, uh, iterate on what's already winning. And if not, contrast, throw some crazy styles into the mix with some of these examples that Avery just shared. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you tease what you think is going to be our next part three of this uh, Q4 <laughs> content series? Yeah, I think I think everyone's biggest nightmare is definitely pre- Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that little like dip most of us see. So we might maybe have some hot tips on building a bridge. Oh, okay. Building a bridge, building bridges. We're in our Taylor Swift era. We're in our bridge construction era. (laughs) We're in our incredible bridge era. Okay, so we're going to be talking about bridges and building a bridge to a successful Q4. Well, thanks, Avery. Lots of good tips. And we'll hear from you soon. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.